Hey everyone, and welcome again to the Pop Rewind Podcast. You know, this is a very special episode. This is the annual, note this if you're at home. Okay, I'm writing it down. Okay, great. The annual Pop Rewind Podcast Halloween Movie Spectacular. Wow, that just rolls off the tongue. I know. I thought of the name myself. What do you think? I think you did as well. Oh, okay. I'm Lee. And I'm Linz. The opening theme is actually a special track this time. Tell us about it. Well, it's our regular opening theme, but we didn't cut it off at the beginning. So this is by Nordluff, and I apologize if I just mispronounced your name, Nordluff, who is listening right now. And it's called Trick and or Treat, The Candy Raid is On. Yeah, we always just liked it as a uh, kind of a chiptune theme song. And now that this is our annual Pop Rewind Podcast Halloween Movie Spectacular, which I think I'm going to abbreviate to A-P-R-P-H-M-S. Are you good with that? <laughs> that is great. Yeah. That's really going to catch on. So now when I refer to the episode, I'm going to say things like, thank you for listening to the APRPHMS. My name is Lee. And I'm Linz. And we've already done this part. So what are we going to talk about here today? Tell me. I want to know. I didn't read the notes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Halloween movies. Okay. But not necessarily Halloween movies, but scary movies that we enjoy watching for the Halloween season. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good, because if you think about it, a movie like Friday the 13th isn't necessarily Friday the 13th, 31st of October, right? But it's a movie you'd associate with Halloween. I know, and what's scarier than Friday the 13th? As a concept, not necessarily the franchise. Oh. (laughs) Eight wasn't that bad, okay? He took Manhattan. So did the Muppets. Yeah, okay. Well, I want to know, and just so our listeners know... When you're watching these kind of movies, do you prefer a laugh or do you prefer a scare? Definitely, I prefer a laugh. Yeah. I'm all about the laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, though. I like the laugh, but I like other people in the room to be scared. So if it's a movie like I know will be ridiculous, but other people will love, like Child's Play 2, I think it's great. Okay. But I like to see other people like, oh, the doll's going to get me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> there were a few movies that I would watch during sleepovers as a kid and like as a preteen that my friends would freak out over. So it was a lot of Stephen King and that kind of reminded me of watching it. And one of my friends was terrified of clowns. Ooh. So she would get freaked out. Even now on Facebook, I'll, every once in a while, I'll catch someone posting a clown on her feed and she'll freak out. That would freak me out too, except I'm not afraid of clowns. It was a scary clown. I, you know, I'm, I'll admit that. But, I mean, I don't think it was that that scary of a movie. It didn't affect me like it affected her. Well, you know, speaking of it, I, you know, I'm just going to say there are a few movies that we've written down on our list here that I actually haven't seen. And for whatever reason, maybe, like, I was just a little too young to be seeing these kind of movies or they just didn't interest me growing up or whatever. But I never saw it and... I just saw Friday the 13th for the last for the first time. Well, that's going to be the last time last <laughs> week. You know, I, I hate to admit it, and maybe we should do another disclaimer that we're no by no means are we horror movie experts, which I think will clearly come out during this podcast. Yeah, because that's like the one genre that Back to the Future isn't. Yeah, but I mean, I've never seen Friday the 13th either. And, you know, I still haven't. I know you, as you mentioned, had watched it recently. Yeah. 
Well, I, so what did you think of it? Well, I have a few things to say about Friday the Thirteenth. Let me tell you. First off, <laughs> prior to last week, the only one I had seen was Part Four, and that was mainly because Crispin Glover was in it. And I, I there was a period in my life where I had seen every movie Crispin Glover had been in up until that point. And I don't know. I just like him as an actor. I always, I always thought he was great. And so I just like that you start a whole series, like a franchise series. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these before. Number four sounds like a good starting place. Well, if Crispin Clever had been in one or if he'd been in like part nine, it wouldn't matter. That's the one I would have seen first. Okay. <laughs> and I rewatched his right. parts from part four and they're still funny. So I finally watched the first one and I was expecting something good because truth be told, uh, I'd only seen Nightmare on Elm Street once, years and years ago, and I just finally rewatched that recently and loved it. And so I was kind of hoping to get that from Friday the 13th, but when I saw it, I was like, no, no. The trailer gave this whole movie away. There is no plot. What? And then I find out, like, the iconic Jason character isn't even in it until one of the sequels. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jason is... That... Not not the way everybody knows him as. He's not in the first movie. That kind of seems like a ripoff. And I, I already can hear people furiously typing at us like, about our dislike of Friday the 13th. It's such a classic. What are you talking about? Kevin Bacob's booty in that one shot was amazing. Type, type, type. <laughs> I thought I was the last one to see that movie. And I started asking like friends my age, hey, have you... Have you seen this movie? What do you think? And they're like, oh, you know, I never saw that one. So, like, nobody my age has seen it. And then I've asked friends that are, like, maybe, like, five, ten years older, something like that. And they're all like, oh, man, you wasted a night. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, nobody liked this movie. I think we're... We're just at that sweet spot in terms of age where we would be too young for it. And then when it kind of, like, comes up again, you know, it's just not something we ever think of. Yeah, it's a little too played out. But, but I think A Nightmare on Elm Street holds up pretty decently. I would say so. That first one. Wow, that is a great movie. I know. I actually, I'd never seen them before as of last week. What? Or maybe two weeks ago. What? What? I what? know. <laughs> you heard it first right the here on the APRPHMS, folks. <laughs> Uh, when Lee and I were first discussing doing this podcast, uh, we were going through different horror movies, and I admitted that I'd never seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, and he told me he was going to call me out on it. So I went and I watched the first three. I was going to watch the next few as well, but I hadn't gotten that far. Uh, but one and three were pretty great. And see, now you've got me beat, because I generally don't watch sequels, and I've right. I've seen the first one, of course, and I recently saw the second one, and it was okay, but... I do want to see the rest. I know about the the Nintendo thing that happens in one of the later movies. Yeah, I think that was number five. That's why I wanted to watch four and five, because I wanted to see the Nintendo part. Yeah, so I got to make my way <laughs> to that. But two is kind of... Wes Craven wasn't involved in two, and it was kind of meh, like a high school-y, kind of underwhelming. Yeah. But he's back with three, and it was a lot gorier. Yes. And let me tell you, I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. And in the first season, they do a parody of it. And now I can appreciate that so much more after seeing three. See, that's good. I like when that happens. And now that you've seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's even better. 
I know. I'm getting cultural references left and right now. Yeah. Like, are you into slasher movies? Like, scary, like, really scary movies? Not necessarily. Um, again, there's a lot of, especially Stephen King films that I watched at sleepovers. Yeah. Especially when, you know, a lot of my friends had older brothers and older sisters that had a horror movie collection. And, you know, the parents, not maybe not so much involved in their lives anymore. You know, they, they're the last kid of like four or five kids. So their parents are kind of taking it easy, not really supervising us. So we watched a lot of stuff we shouldn't have. Yep. Uh, one in particular, Pet Cemetery. we watched. And uh, actually my friend's mom, same friend who was terrified of clowns, actually, she freaked out every time she saw Pet Cemetery because her youngest son looked exactly like Gage. What? That's ridiculous. And let me tell like, he he looked exactly like Gage, that little boy. Like it was it was kind of freaky. I don't blame her one bit. See, I always had like the cheesy horror movies. Like you'd go to video stores and I remember there's like that point, like somewhere somewhere when you're around like twelve to fourteen where you kind of start going to the horror movie section at a video store and you're like, Hey, they're not they're not like looking at me like I can't rent this. I think I'm gonna get this. But I wouldn't get something like exciting like Hellraiser, yeah, or anything like that. You know what I would end up with? Movies what? movies like Chopping Mall. Or the refrigerator. Wow. Yeah, the refrigerator was great. It was this movie about a refrigerator that ate people. I'm not kidding. Yeah, and I think I might have made it up because I never saw it again at that video store after that. Like, I was going to rent it again and show it to somebody. And this was kind of like the days before IMDb. And they're like, what are you talking about, man? I think I'm going to have to do a little research on that one. See if I can dig that up for the uh, podcast post. People are furiously typing in angry letters. What do you mean? You don't know about the refrigerator. It's on Blu-ray. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even just going to the video rental place and renting a horror movie, that was an experience in itself. Wasn't it? I mean, like, it, they had the most faded copy of Evil Dead with a bootleg cover <laughs> and one of, like, like, in a video hard case that looked nothing like the rest of the movies on the shelf. Finding a movie at the rental store was just, it was so fun because you wouldn't know about any of these horror movies. This was well before the internet. Right. And you're kind of going off the box art and whatever you had heard from friends or siblings or whatever that was like the cool movie to rent. Well, and the box art was like so ambitious. It was kind of like NES games in that way. You remember yeah. like some NES games told it like it was and there was pixel art on the cover and then some of them had like Fabio on the cover. And <laughs> exactly. So you'd see a movie like Maximum Overdrive that's got this like killer clown semi truck and Emilio Estevez with a machine gun on the cover, and you're like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna rent this." Who wouldn't? Yeah, and then uh, the part in the movie where they they yell at a drive-through. I mean, that's like cinema magic right there. You know, I actually, I just listened to the episode of How Did This Get Made about Maximum Overdrive, and I've never seen it, oh, change but now that. I need to. Change that. You need to listen to that podcast. Uh, it's It was pretty spectacular. I need to. That's a movie I revisit every few years. That is one that somehow I rented as a kid, and I just, I have to see it every once in a while. One of the great experiences about going to video rental stores, at least for me, was a horror section at Jumbo Video, which was a Canadian rental chain. Okay. And their back room was all horror movies. But beyond that, it was like 
cordoned off and kind of dark and there was fake cobwebs everywhere. Some of them had a Freddy Krueger or a Hellraiser statue. Yes. And it was so freaky. I would be terrified to go in there. That's awesome. The the closest I ever had to that, one of the last video stores I went to that still had VHS, this was maybe like 2003 or so, they had a horror section, but it was called like Horror Documentary or something. I'm like, okay. And mm-hmm. I went over there and it's all these movies that are like, Real Deaths, Volume 5. And I'm like, uh, and I look at the back of the um, box and it's like a picture of a guy falling in front of a subway and stuff. I'm like, this is... What? No, what? And then that place is like mysteriously closed and now it's a liquor store. Yeah, I don't... Were they snuff videos? <laughs> I don't know. It was very <laughs> disturbing. Wow. I did not rent any. I left and never went back not. again. And then it was gone. Yeah. Sorry. That is freaky. Yeah. That's better than the other last time I went to a VHS store where I went in and I'm looking at the boxes. I'm like, oh my gosh, they have like so many rare movies here. And this is the point where like everybody was selling the VHS tapes. I'm like, oh, this is great. They got this movie and that. And I'm like, where are the tapes? And then like, I hear this guy call from the counter. We only sell adult videos in this store. Those boxes are fake. And I'm like, and I'm out of here. (laughs) Wow. That is creepy. So maybe I'm not so disappointed. Movies are a streaming rental thing now. What about child's play movies? You know, I never really got into it, but the only one... I already gave you a hard time about starting at, like, the fourth movie of a franchise. The only one I've seen is Bride of Chucky, just because I like Jennifer Tilly. The fourth movie of the series. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You know, I gotta say, the uh, I've seen the first two, and they're both pretty fun. Like, the first one's good. It's not really what I expected it would be. Kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like, if you haven't seen that... You have in mind, like, oh, there's going to be this, like, melty-faced guy with claws chasing people. And it's not really about that, right? Like, it's a cerebral movie. And the first Child's Play, especially, it just had, like, a lot of suspense to it. You don't don't even really see Chucky doing his stuff until he's already done about half of it. Maybe I'll I'll put that on the list for watching later. Yeah, that one's worth watching. And then the second one is kind of like... You know, they give the people what they want. They just want the doll slashing people. That's what the second one is. So if that's what you want, watch it. Yeah. I had seen the ending for the second one when I was a kid. And I based, like, everything I knew about the Child's Play movies based off that ending. So watching it as a kid, did the doll freak you out? No. Doll didn't freak me out. Clowns never freaked me out. So, yeah. You know what freaked me out, though? No. The old guy in Poltergeist 2. Ooh. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something about the way he was just coaching Luther and Dauber really (laughs) disturbed me. No. Uh, I don't remember his name. He's just like that guy that comes to the door and starts talking. I had to shut the movie off once he started talking. He was just freaking me out too much. You know, it's funny. I think the only part of Poltergeist I've ever seen is your parody Coachergeist. And it, even that little clip, and it's a humorous kind of video. I know it's like a, a parody. Uh, 
even that clip freaked me out. I don't know if I can watch it. I was not prepared. I was in bed. I was, it was late at night and he sent me the link. So I clicked on it. I'm like, nope, not prepared for that. Guy ripped off his face. Hello. I always got the Poltergeist movies confused with the movie that I think was called Mr. Boogity. It was like one of those Sunday okay. night Disney movies. I think it might've had Gomez Adams in it. This sounds like the opposite of Poltergeist. Yeah. And I remember a flying chainsaw and I don't remember what movie that was. <laughs> I'm great at this podcast. So one of the more recent horror movies I saw that I actually ended up really liking a lot was The Duke. Have you seen that? I know this won't surprise you. I've not seen it. It is on my list and I know I need to watch it. I keep hearing such good things. But how, you enjoyed The Duke? I did, but apparently it has a music track. Okay. And when I saw it at a theater, it did not have a music track. So it had like an extra layer of very scary, like intense things would be happening or the Babadook would be chasing the people and there's no music. So it's just all the like, (sighs) and screamy noises and stuff. And there's one part where like it got completely silent in the middle of kind of like a fight scene. I'm like, wow, this is intense. And I asked other people about that. They're like, yeah, that movie had music was it maybe an early cut i have no idea even the end credits didn't have music it was strange another movie i watched recently that actually turned out to be very good that i just missed along the way was the craft okay yeah this is it's about uh, a bunch of witches in high school that kind of get pissed off at each other yeah that came out i remember that coming out late probably like 96 so right around the time i was starting high school and a small group of my friends watched it and became obsessed with it and then thought they were witches and that they were going to practice witchcraft and make all these spells and i'm like you guys are embarrassing can you stop and you were like for the record you guys aren't witches for the record though if you can make this guy totally have a crush on me you know just putting it out there can't hurt you totally bought into it. Did you get them $10 to do that? No, I think I may have asked them to, but I don't think it worked. Well, there are a few classic horror movies that I've enjoyed over the years. One of them is The Exorcist. Okay. And we actually watched this in high school. We had this class called English Media, which was kind of like a precursor to communication studies, which I majored in in university, which is why I'm pretty much unemployed. So we would go into English Media and we would just watch movies. So we were watching this. We were probably in 12th grade. Okay. And he just, he, I went to a Catholic high school. Like this was a religious high school. We were watching The Exorcist. (laughs) Well, you know, it's got a priest in it. But even, you know, this movie is from the 70s. So even, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, whenever that was, I, it was freaky still. Huh. Yeah, that doesn't seem like an appropriate movie to watch in your school. No. No. But do you know what would have been an appropriate movie to watch in that class? (laughs) What? Leslie Nielsen in Repossessed. That would have been a great (laughs) one. I can't, I, to this day, I can't hear Devil with a Blue Dress without thinking of Leslie Nielsen dressed up as Elton John with those big glasses. Oh my God. Come on. I saw that. I think you made me watch that. I saw Repossessed like five times before I saw The Exorcist. I saw the prequel for The Exorcist <laughs> before I saw The Exorcist. I just saw The Exorcist like two months ago. 
So if you had to choose, Repossessed or Exorcist? Well, Exorcist was a great film, and I appreciated the thing that the filmmakers were doing there. It didn't have Alyssa Nielsen in it, so yeah. And Repossessed still had Linda Blair, so it was kind of like a pseudo-sequel. All right, yeah. No, I like yeah. the connection. Yeah. So, I mean, it was no Silence of the Lambs. I mean, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Funny you bring that up. That's another one we watched in that English media class. Seriously? Yeah, I think I'm convinced. My teacher just had to watch his blockbuster rentals before returning them real quick. Well, remember around that time was when they changed them so they had to be due back at noon instead of the evening? Oh, you know what? That was my second class of the day, so... Yeah, so he was probably like, oh, gotta watch this, and then I'm gonna drop it off at lunch. Yeah, he was running across town to Blockbusters on his lunch break, no I doubt. I totally see that happening. <laughs> well, one of my favorite horror movies, and it's it's kind of one of those cheesy ones, would have to be Waxworks. Okay. It's I came across it sleeping over a friend's house one night. And it was just so ridiculous. We just had to keep watching. And we ended up finding it again by accident. We're just like, okay, this is our movie. This is what we watch. So every time we would have a sleepover with someone new, we would make them watch it too. Oh, jeez. And it's pretty much, you know, it's a wax museum, as you would get from the title Waxworks. Yeah. And there were different stations. So there was a Dracula one. There was a werewolf one. There were a few different ones, and they would each go into, they would be sucked into the wax figures. I'll let you uh, rent that one, but don't rent Waxworks 2 Lost in Time, its sequel. Okay. That is terrible. The only redeeming factor is about a five-minute clip with Bruce Campbell. Gotta see it now. <laughs> go watch Bruce Campbell Waxworks 2 clip on YouTube. Bruce Campbell. Man, I mean, the Evil Dead movies, Army of Darkness. It's it's rare that I like a sequel more than the original. Army of Darkness. That is such a great movie. And we're looking forward to the new TV show for him, too. Oh, yeah. That's coming up very soon. Yeah. Very Halloween, ex- I believe. There's a theme I like in horror movies. I tend to like very specific genres of movies. So... The kind of genres that Netflix would recommend to you. And so, for instance, if I were to get a recommendation on there that was like campy horror movies about frozen dessert, I think uh, two movies that would be on there would be 1985's The Stuff. And then Mm -hmm. 10 years later, there's a movie called Ice Cream Man. And I think both of those would be on there. That was a very specific category. Yeah, I don't know that there'd be a third film on it. The stuff was pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's about as, like, 80s cheese as it gets. And it's actually, at the time, I just thought it was a bad horror movie. That was one I just ended up with randomly in a rental because the box art was so silly. And I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And now that I'm older, I look back and see that it was actually making a statement about um, advertising and marketing at the time. I, I think what the film is saying is... People are so gullible, they'll eat any crap as long as we market it right. And the movie was about this ice cream they find in the ground. They slap a label on it, write a catchy jingle, and everybody becomes zombies eating it. One of the big game changers in horror, at least for me, was Scream. So that came out right around that sweet spot where I was hitting... (laughs) Where I was hitting high school, and you know, I'd, I'd been used to these cheesy horror movies, but nothing really scared me. Right. But Scream kind of came out and revitalized all of that. 
Yeah, because... I, and you had big names in it, too. You had Drew Barrymore right off the bat. Yeah. And that was, like, kind of her big comeback movie, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. It was, like, everybody knew her, you know, from E.T. and Firestarter and all that. But I think this was sort of, like, Drew Barrymore's back. And I mean, that was that was such a huge thing. Yeah, I think you're right. And that was another one directed by Wes Craven. I recently revisited Scream because I had a friend that hadn't seen it yet. And I'm like, well, this is definitely one to check out. And mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it since the 90s. And I got to tell you, the some of the plot devices are a little antiquated. Like, oh my gosh, that guy had a cell phone? I never would have thought of that. <laughs> He's got a, a thing that could change his voice? Man, I bet there's an app for that. Like, it's just, it's still an interesting yeah. movie, but, and, and a lot of it takes, it's like, Based on guys who are obsessed with VHS movies, they rent at a video museum, I mean, store. And so, oh. I saw this picture online, and it was it was labeled Scream Then, and it had a screenshot of them all standing in the video store, and then it said Now, and it was just like an abandoned video store. Aww. And that's, I mean, I just thought about that the entire time I watched the movie. It's funny, too, because even with all the things that haven't stuck around with Scream, those masks are still around. I saw a Scream 4 mask yesterday. Well, on the lighter side of things, you know, I've talked quite a bit in various episodes of the podcast about how I'm terrible with movies. You know, I will find a movie I like and just watch it over and over and over again. I think the first instance of that was Quackbusters. Now... Everyone in the audience knows exactly what you're talking about, but I don't think I do. So maybe, <laughs> yeah, this was another obscure movie well, I grew up on as well. Yeah, it's it's always kind of bothered me that no one else has really, I mean, tons of people out there have seen it, but I don't really see it come up very often. Well, you should explain it to those at home. Quackbusters, okay, what well, is Quackbusters, that? Okay, well, Quackbusters uh, is a Looney Tunes special, kind of a feature, but it's made of recycled Looney Tunes cartoons that you've already seen tied together with new footage of Daffy Duck being a Ghostbuster. Yeah, it's actually even better than it sounds. And there's a DeLorean right at the beginning of it. So that got Lee hooked immediately. Yeah. So this came out in 1988. I was about five years old and my dad got me a VHS copy. So he would put it on for me and, you know, the tape would run out, and he would have to rewind it immediately and just repeat the entire weekend, every weekend, for, like, ten years. And to this day, I think I still have to take that movie out of your hands so I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Th- <laughs> I remember I brought Quackbusters to school one time for, like, a Halloween party, and nobody got it. It's so underappreciated, isn't it? I know. I've never actually really been into Looney Tunes, and I think it's because my introduction to them was Quackbusters, so anything else was downhill from that. Well, I mean, in the first few minutes, you have an original Mel Torme song about monsters. It is fantastic. Okay, I'll put this in the, the post as well. It's called Monsters Lead Such Interesting Lives. It's really Mel, and Mel Torme. Torme actually... Yeah, he really voices Daffy Duck seeing this. And there's bon- they're in this lounge setting, and there's different monsters at different tables. And the best is the fly, who just keeps adding sugar cubes to his coffee. Still, to this day, kills me. And at the end of the song, Dracula's girlfriends snap their fingers like you're in a bad poetry reading, and it is fantastic. I always wondered what the deal with that is. I never got that. I think they're trying to be like beatniks. Oh, 
okay. I was like, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know, other family-friendly movies were good and actually were Halloween-related. Uh, I'm thinking particularly movies like Ernest Scared Stupid and Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I love, even to this day, I love Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, I think a lot of people see that as a classic staple of their childhood. Yeah, I remember watching it with my dad, and then I, I made another friend of mine watch that, I think, last year, and he was not impressed. He did not get my love of this film. Yeah, I even still refer to Milk as Miak most of the time. Which is a reference to the movie. It is. I don't want to spoil anything, but it is. You know, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going I'm to go back to Hocus Pocus for a second, and I think that movie is a bit underrated. Like, that's not one I really hear people talk about as a classic, but I'm going to go on to say that's probably the best Halloween movie about Halloween that there is. I know they're typing at me again, but think about it. It's got <laughs> some interesting casting choices. I mean, what? Bette Midler? Yeah. Uh, the, the woman that voices Peggy Hill? The kid from Erie, Indiana? <laughs> and Dora Burtz? Like... What is the cast of that movie? That's so interesting. Sarah Jessica Parker's in it too, right? That is a giant mishmash. Yeah. So that movie's a scream. I love it. So we've talked about a lot of 80s and 90s and even more modern movies. What are some of your favorite classic horror films? You know, that is a very good question. I'm going to say probably my... Oh, you're welcome. Probably my favorite (laughs) uh, scary movie of all time is one from 1960 it's called 13 Ghosts. And it had, okay. it was a movie directed by this guy named William Castle, who had, would always come up with these like off-the-wall gimmicks to promote his movies being at a theater. And this one had something called Illusiono. So it wasn't... Oh, what is Illusiono? Yeah, it, Illusiono wasn't necessarily 3D, but it kind of worked like 3D. You would put on your your special illusion of glasses and that would let you see the monsters on screen. And if you took them off because it was too scary, then you wouldn't see the monsters. That's actually a pretty cool concept. Yeah. I mean, this guy just always had that, you know, he would like fly monsters through the air in his movies or have like a chicken coop outside for people who couldn't handle how intense it was. I mean, William Castle, he really had some great <laughs> ideas. I think we would have gotten along. House on Haunted Hill, that's another great one. Vincent Price stars in that. And then, for all you Roger Corman fans, I'm going to say Bucket of Blood, starring Dick Miller. And that one's basically about a guy that wants to be a beatnik, and he accidentally stabs a cat and turns it into art. Oh. So definitely check that (laughs) one out. Wow. Wow. So I'm thinking about all these scary movies, and I'm wondering what movie really scared you? You know, I don't think there's one movie that I've watched in particular that scared me, but there's a genre of horror movies, and I believe you had told me that they're called dungeon porn movies. So anyone being trapped, I don't know if that was something you made up to mess with me or not, but just people being trapped somewhere. And even just like, I remember when I was eight, we went to Niagara Falls, my family and I, and there was kind of like a dungeon horror basement thing at one of the wax museums, and I couldn't go through it. Like, I freaked out, and my dad had to take me around to the other side, <laughs> so we had to, like, bypass the entire dungeon basement. Oh, wow. Is it just, like, the medieval guys freak you out, or what? I don't... It might be that. Just, like, the the concept of being trapped somewhere. Like, even... 
okay, maybe this is getting too weird, but even that movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock, just the trailers of her trapped, I'm just like, nope, can't handle. Oh, wow. I had no idea it went so deep. Yeah, so I I don't even think I could tackle the Saw movies. Oh, man. Well, I... Um, what about you? Is there anything that uh, really scared you? There's movies that like I don't think are supposed to be scary that still scare me. And one of those... I'm going to say, like, the scariest scene in a movie that, like, ever really affected me in my whole life would be that scene in E.T. where the astronauts show up at the house. What is with that scene? I think people forget that. Really that really traumatized you. It did. Like, they're trying to leave the house, and these, these guys in space helmets are just, like, walking like zombies into their house and not saying anything. It is creepy. You know, I rewatched that scene because you have mentioned this traumatizing you a few times and i didn't remember it being that bad but i I went back and rewatched that scene i'm like oh my god they just they slowly zombie walk in yeah it's no like knock on the door sorry ma'am we have to confiscate your alien i know isn't that that's a little disturbing and then through the window yeah no i get it now yeah i thought you would and you know another thing about et is it's a halloween movie and i think people forget that yeah that's not really the part that stands out Right. But it's funny. I think there's, like, it's supposed to be funny that E.T. should just walk out of the house as an alien that night, but they dress him up as a ghost. Like, that's kid logic, right? Like, E.T. is so normal to them. He's our friend. Let's hide him as a ghost. Even though everybody else would just be like, oh, nice mask. He would have been like, racist pieces. Have you seen the E.T. costumes they made for kids? Uh, Yeah. They're pretty terrible. I understand why they did the ghost route. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't want that walking around my neighborhood either. <laughs> God, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Like we mentioned in the disclaimer, surely we've left out some great classics. So don't hate us. Um, I guess leave us angry comments. What the heck? Why don't we wrap up this episode like we have the last few? I think people have been having fun with this. We're doing these polls now at the end of podcast. Oh, my gosh. And I've had such fun with these polls. Yeah, and people always kind of vote for the thing I'm in favor of. So, uh, <laughs> okay, this... for real talk, you guys, how did Team Duck win? Like, what the Koopa paratroopers, whatever they're called, they are clearly turtles. You guys are just messing with me at this point. Shell creepers, thank you. Whatever they are, they're not ducks. Yeah, so Koopas are ducks. And oh my this time, I'm going to say the poll is Freddy versus Jason, and I called Freddy, you can't have it. But I wanted Freddy. Nope, too bad, you're stuck with Jason. God damn it. So I've never even seen a Jason movie. Yeah. You're- All right, well, hashtag Team Jason if you vote for my crappy option. All right, hashtag Team <laughs> Freddy if you're right, like I am. You got that so fixed. And that closing theme by MC Fire Drill called SNES Yes would indicate that we are wrapping up another episode of the APRP HMS. <sighs> Boy, you know what? That mm-hmm. acronym is not long enough. We'll add to it with every episode. Okay. So why don't you tell people where they can find out all about the annual Pop Rewind Podcast Halloween Movie Spectacular? You can visit us online at www.poprewind.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Tumblr, probably a million other places as Pop Rewind or Pop Rewind Online. I just, you know, scarily enough, because the icon is a ghost, we signed up for Snapchat and I have no idea how to use it. (laughs) 
So if you're on Snapchat, we are Pop Rewind. Certainly one of these days, I'll have to pretend to look at that. <laughs> that's usually how it goes, yeah. Well, we're going to say that's it for this time on the Pop Rewind podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a happy Halloween, and we will catch you in a future time. As usual, I've been Lee. I've been Linz. And until next time. Bye. Pop. Rewind.com.